0: Welcome back to another episode of Touch Icing. I'm Tony Pekinich. Eric Johnson with me here. No Trish, but that's okay because I am starting to build up excitement. It feels like the days are crawling, but we are getting so much closer. We're inching it's our way to starting. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait.
1: So much hockey, so much basketball, so much sports.
0: I was I was stuck, I, I was stuck watching uh, Italian soccer today. Oh! I watched uh, Torino defeat Genoa. Uh, you tor-
1: watched watch NASCAR all-star race last night? I did not. I did not. Didn't oh, Chase didn't? Elliott win? Yeah, Chase Elliott won. Yeah, it was six to one going in. He won.
0: All right. So on today's episode, we are going to break down the Eastern Conference qualifying round by matchup. Uh, next episode, we will do the Western Conference. And there's no other way to do this than to jump right into it. We'll How st-
1: awkward would it be if Trish joins us for the Western Conference one and the Eastern Conference one? He's just like, yeah, he's gonna be
0: like, he's gonna be like, when when are we doing the East? Like what we did, did last week? We did it when you weren't here. <laughs> All right, so let's jump right in here. Let's start off with the eight versus the nine because that's the top of the uh, the bracket on the bracket I'm looking at from uh, FanSided. Uh, that's in one. Toronto Maple Leafs are the eight. Columbus Blue Jackets are the nine. Jack Adams' candidate, John Tortorella, and in my eyes, the front runner for the trophy.
1: And apparently the odds-on favorite for the trophy,
0: too. Uh, Leading his Columbus Blue Jackets after a season, after an offseason where they lost Artemi Panarin, Sergey Bobrovsky, Gustav Nyquist, Matt Duchesne. Oh, no, they gained Gustav Nyquist and lost Matt Duchesne. They weren't expected to be a team that could – Because they were competing for that last spot, and they weren't expecting the team to do that. They're supposed to be a big step down. Especially in that top metro. Yeah. And they held their own the whole year. Uh, So, this is going to be an interesting series. And we got the Toronto Maple Leafs, who changed coaches back in November. They got rid of Babcock.
1: I think it was around November.
0: Yeah. And uh, they faced a lot of scrutiny. You know, you lose to a Zamboni driver, you're going to face that kind of scrutiny. And they're looking to end that uh, 53-year. yeah, fifty-three year cup. Fifty-three track. years. Yep. So, we're gonna go. We're gonna give grades, or not grades. We'll give the advantage to each core of uh, each group of the team. That works. So, yeah. So let's start off uh, with the with the forwards group.
1: So, uh, for, for this, I'm giving the edge to Toronto. I can't not.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. how could how could you not? It's John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William uh, Nylander. It's
1: you you can't not give them the edge. I mean, of course, I know you got Pontus Auberg there, but you know.
0: It's not taking anything away from forwards yeah. like Cam Atkinson or Nick Felino. It's just the firepower does not match up. When you're paying forty million dollars for four players, they're gonna be four shit goal scorers. Yeah. Pure point grabbers. So, and that's what those four players are.
1: Yeah, like, that's the thing with Columbus. There's no real superstar forward. Otherwise, I would say we might have a little bit of a debate, but to me it's Toronto. I think Toronto's probably the best forward group of the qualifying teams potentially in the East, although there's one that we're getting to a little bit later on that might have, I'm going to say, about an equal forward group.
0: I like the veteran depth, too, that uh, Toronto has. I love having Jason Spezza on that roster. Even I like Kyle Clifford on it. Yeah, even though, you know, Spetsa's not going to log heavy minutes. He's not the same player he was in even in Dallas or before that in Ottawa. He's still a guy with a presence. He's a guy who's been there before, and it could give a team a motivation to go out and win a cup for Jason Spezza, who's waited this long in his career to get another opportunity because the only one he really had, I mean, Dallas last year, yeah, but he went to the cup with Ottawa. That was the closest he's gotten.
1: He's won one cup final game.
0: Yeah. One. Yeah. And on the Columbus side of things when it comes to forwards, uh, they have some scrappy goal scorers. Gustav Nyquist is a tremendous forward. Same with Cam Atkinson. Nick Felino can provide scoring when needed. But I, I, sh- I just don't see them if, – if, if this comes down to a five-game series where Columbus is, has to just – outscore Toronto in a bunch of shootouts, they're not going to be able to hold up. It's not going to work, no. So let's move to defense now. Uh, and this is another one where there's, I, I believe, a clear advantage. I do too, and this time
1: I think it's the complete opposite. And yeah. I think Columbus has by far the, best, the better defensive group. Now, no. I like Barry. Right. I like Muzzin. But Seth Jones is probably top five defenseman in the league.
0: A quietly a top-five defenseman in the league. He doesn't get that much recognition there in Columbus.
1: If he stayed in Nashville, he would have gotten top-five recognition.
0: Yeah. But even, uh, you know, you throw in a uh, Zach on the back end. I, oh,
1: I, yeah, I, he's got the mullet
0: now, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, Ryan Murray. I, I like I like the defensive group they have put together. And when you look at Toronto, they've had problems. The The glaring issue coming into the season was, well – they did acquire Tyson Berry. Is that enough to help shape the back end to something that's going to be good in the late months of the season? And it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was better than it, what
1: it was. It
0: wasn't great. It's not a defensive core, uh, core that you can lean on to win you a Stanley Cup. The,
1: the, and that's the other thing with paying for four players. You know, you're paying for Barnard, Tavares, Neilander Matthews. You're not going to have enough money for defensemen.
0: And they did hand out some decent contracts. Barry's got a decent contract, and uh, well, they it, and,
1: and so does Muzzin. Both of them, are. Think- I know Muzzin wants to stay. I think Barry's a free agent.
0: Didn't Muzzin get the extension?
1: Muzzin got the extension. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have enough room for Barry.
0: No, and then, you know, it, it thins you out, but that's it's the price you play for having that type of goal scoring at the top of your lineup. Uh, so we're going to give that edge to Columbus, and I think it's pretty, pretty handy. At least in my eyes, it is.
1: Oh, same here. All mm-hmm.
0: right. Uh, let's move to goaltending. Uh, this is this is the probably the closest. Yes. Of of the I think this of the groups. By far
1: the closest. Yes. It could
0: also be the difference in this series, because Freddie Anderson's a great, a good goaltender for the Maple Leafs, but there's a bit of that reputation there that when you need him to show up, he doesn't. You know, and uh, it, it looks like Columbus is going to ride Merz Lincolns here going into the playoffs. Yeah, both, so good. both are good. Jonas Corposalo is a very, very good goalie. If if Lincoln sli- uh, slips up, you know, let's say he loses the first two games, I, I don't think John Torrello would have any problem with rolling out uh, Jonas Corposalo.
1: I think Toronto fans are thrilled, though, that they got Jack Campbell.
0: Very solid uh, backup goalie there for Toronto.
1: Great story. From, uh, the from old Jack Campbell. Story is wild. 10th overall so pick, and you know now he's
0: finally getting his chance. It's the same thing, even with Toronto. If Freddie Anderson slips up game one and two, let's say they drop the first two games, I think Sheldon Keefe would uh would really heavily consider putting in Jack Campbell for game three. I would. It wouldn't be.
1: It wouldn't – like, here's the thing. If they still had – who'd they have before Jack Campbell is the backup? Hutch? Michael Hutchinson. I would not be confident. Campbell, at least, there's at least some hope there.
0: So, which way are you giving the edge to uh, between the two teams? I'm giving
1: the edge for overall, all things considered. I'm giving the edge to Columbus. But it's close.
0: I can hear it. Your voice is close.
1: It's very close because of Tortorella. Because I think Tortorella is hungry for another chance at um, playoffs and to do really, really well in the playoffs. He's desperate. I wouldn't say he's like desperate where he's, you know, always going to be called a failure if he doesn't advance Columbus far. But I think he really wants it more. And I think Toronto knows they have a few years left.
0: Um, when it comes to goaltending, I give the edge to Toronto slightly just because the just because of the experience that uh, Freddie Anderson has. You know, you don't know how a young goalie is going to perform in his first starts in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's the only reason why I give the slight advantage to Toronto. But this series should be close. And I think the deciding factor, like you said, is John Tortorella. And his experience is going to show, and I, I think uh, I think Columbus pushes past Toronto in the qualifying round. Who, who are you picking?
1: I am picking Columbus, but man, I've said this on the pod in previous weeks. If Toronto gets Lafreniere, oh my god,
0: oh, all hell's
1: going to break loose. Oh, you think the they'll draft is rigged now? Imagine if they get Lafreniere.
0: So we both got. Uh, Columbus there in the Toronto Columbus series. Uh the next one's the five V twelve. We got Pittsburgh as the five seed and the Montreal Canadiens as the twelve seed. And uh again we're gonna break this down by groups again. Let's go with the forwards first. Uh is there an argument to be made here for Montreal? Um is Max Domi gonna play? That's still a question mark as of right now. Because if he if he does, I mean and, and who am I
1: kidding? No. You got Crosby and Malkin and probably Gensel's coming back. Yeah. No debate. You know, I think this is the the other top forward group with Toronto. I think these are your top two forward groups in the The qualifying
0: qualifying round. round. Yeah.
1: And I would argue for both conferences. Because I think Pittsburgh and Toronto just stand above the rest for forwards. But yeah, you can't beat Crosby and Malkin.
0: Yeah, I. it's so tough uh, because even if they split up Crosby and Malkin, because uh, they have been known to put them together if they need to. And if they split them up, you know, Crosby on line one, Malkin on line two, it's just too much to handle, you know, because you're going to put out your top defensive forward unit to cover Crosby. And then when they come off the ice, well, now you're going to have just a man who's pure power, Uh coming out in Evgeny Malkin. I I don't see a way that Toronto's forwards will be able to suppress uh, the Pittsburgh forwards. Uh, Especially if Max Domi doesn't play, because if Max Domi does play, he's going to get the task of having to try and slow down Sidney Crosby. Which that's
1: nearly impossible for any
0: hockey player. Yeah. uh, So the the edge is definitely to... to Pittsburgh in the forward group, and uh, but Montreal has been known they can they could string some some goals together if needed. They got Jonathan Druin on the Phase Three roster. He was injured for a good amount of this year, uh, and, and so I, I mean, think needs to step up though. He's going to because they <laughs> they need him desperately because when he is out of the lineup, you see where the hole is in the forward unit they put a lot of emphasis on his play. I think you're going to
1: see some Druin. I think you're going to see a big step up from Philip Deneau.
0: That, that, I'm sh- they would hope so, yeah. Because,
1: again, I'm hearing Selkie rumors for Deneau that, that people were considering him for the Selkie. Stats nerds love Philip Deneau.
0: I got I got uh, Montreal's Phase 3 roster here in front of me. You got uh, Armia, Byron, Deneau. Max Domi, Druin, Evans, Gallagher, Hudon, uh, Kakaniami, Lekanen, Pelling, Suzuki, Tatar, Wheel, and Weiss. See, that's not a bad
1: roster, but it's not Sidney Crosby. If yeah, have... no, Jake Getz, all... no, it's not. Imagine if Montreal just said, after all this is done, and Domi doesn't play, imagine they just say, we're going to put Cole Caulfield up there. That'd be nuts. Yeah, that would be wild.
0: Uh, the defensive units, uh, it gets a little bit closer on defense in my eyes.
1: I do t- same here.
0: Shea Weber carries a lot of weight on that Montreal blue line. But uh, experience, it would come down to Carl Alsner said he's not playing. He's opted out of phase three. And that's – granted, he hasn't been great in Montreal, to say the least. It's still – a veteran voice taken off, you know, at a time where veterans are going to be needed to help push younger teams. And Montreal is a fairly young team, a very young team. So I'm going to, it's closer. It's closer than the forwards, but Shea Weber is going to have to do so much. I, I still give the edge to Pittsburgh because they have defensemen who are really able to jump into the play, and uh, all they have to do, the defenseman in their own zone, is keep the puck away from the net, and then just be able to make that pass to either Crosby or Malkin to get through the neutral zone, and so the job's done.
1: For this one, my four of my favorite defensemen in the league are on these two teams: Chris Letang, John Marino, Shea Weber. Jeff Petrie. Love him. I think all four are great. I'm giving the edge to Pittsburgh because I think the difference between – I think Weber's better than Letang, but I think Marino is much better than Jeff Petrie. And the depth on Pittsburgh's defense, you said it. Petterson, Marcus Petterson. You know, he's what? Fourth pair? Fourth – uh man on the roster? What's Pittsburgh's defensive roster looking like? for Well, the- they're,
0: bringing, they're bringing 10 for phase three. It's uh, Chris Tang, Brian Dumoulin, Josh Marino, Justin Schultz, Marcus uh, Pedersen, Jack Johnson, Chad Rudwald, uh, Yuso Ricola, Kevin – oh, man <laughs> – Szusman and Pierre Oliver-Joseph. They're bringing in Pierre Olivier-Joseph, huh? And, you know, listen, you, you look for an inspiration for a team – Little veteran forward on that team by the name of Patrick Marlowe, Maybe a little bit of a rallying point. Doesn't have a Stanley Cup. Been in the league 20 years. I forgot they had Marlo. I also
1: forgot they brought Sheary back.
0: Yeah, Connor Sheary, you know, he, he stepped in, and it's like, he, it's like he wasn't in Buffalo for two years.
1: Remember Sheary during those prior two playoff runs too? Yeah, he played a huge part. Damn
0: good player. I believe he scored an overtime goal in the 16 Cup Finals. So we're both going to give that edge to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, but it's closer than the forward. It's edge. closer than
1: the forward group. Now the goalie group,
0: I'm giving the edge to Montreal. I think it really depends what carry price you get, you know? Because aging carry price, granted, there's been a lot of injuries involved in that. aging carry price has not been nearly the same as that young Carey Price, that prime Carey Price we saw a few years back.
1: But, man, Carey Price this year has been – he's been better. Yeah, he has. He's taken a big step up from the prior two, three years that we've seen him.
0: Now you look at Pittsburgh's goaltending situation, I think there's a legitimate question to who's going to start.
1: Matt Murray or Tristan
0: Jari. Yeah, and Casey DeSmith is up too. But, yeah, but they've basically seen, neglected Casey yeah. DeSmit this whole season, so they're not going to start. He hasn't been playing again this whole year. Yeah. I think uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to go with Tristan Jerry personally. I do too. And uh, I, I, I do give the edge to Montreal there, but we got two goalies in Pittsburgh who are, who can have the capability to be very, very good. Matt Murray, when he's good, he's real good. It's just when he's bad, he's real bad. There's not like that middle ground for him. And uh, I, I'm going to give the little bit of the advantage to uh, Montreal. I'm going to give it to Carey Price and the Canadians. And also, you know, if something were to happen to Carey Price, they got Caden Primo, who's going to be the, the next guy there. Oh, not Keith Kincaid? No, no Keith Kincaid on the Phase 3 roster. You believe that? I'm shocked. Charlie Lindgren. You're going to carry as many goalies as you want. They are not carrying Keith Kincaid. If you, got the, if you got the opportunity, you might as well use it.
1: So I'm going with Pittsburgh winning this series.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Pittsburgh too. I, I, I don't see any way, unless they get lucky one game, I don't see any way Montreal even wins a game of this series.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give Pittsburgh three games. Montreal, I'm going
0: to say they win one. So you got 3-1 and I got, I got 3-0. What do you got for the Columbus series?
1: I got Columbus winning in five.
0: So you got Columbus in five. Yeah, I'd say Columbus in five, too. That's, that's one of those series. That game five is going to be wild. It's going to be fun. So we're going to move on now to the next uh, matchup. Number seven, New York Islanders, versus number 10, Florida Panthers. And uh, we're going to break it down again. Same thing. Go, let's go forwards first. And uh, this one, it's interesting to me. This is the most interesting matchup, I think, for the East. Yeah, because you know, Fl- Florida, Florida has some great scores.
1: but I think they have better scores than the Islanders, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, but
0: the Islanders just got some solid forwards. You know, bringing in J.G. Pejo, who did struggle a little bit when he first got to the Islanders, and having Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzell, of course, Casey Sazikas is no slouch, neither is Cal Clutterbuck, Jordan Eberle. It's, ju- it's just a- an Islanders Lee who can forget – it, it's just a solid group, you know?
1: And, you know, Florida. I like the depth for the Islanders. I'll say that. The depth is really, really yeah, good. Yeah,
0: you got three lines of players who can really put the puck in the net. And, you know, Florida's got Nolachari who had a great season for them. Barkov was a stud. Hoffman can always score. So can Huberdo. It's, it's some pretty deep rosters each way, but, Forward groups, at least. The Islanders are just a little bit deeper to me, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's what I like about the Islanders is, like, they're just such a well-built team. They, they don't have, need a superstar.
0: Yeah, they have a gr- and they have one anyway. Yeah. They have a great capability. They can could, they could roll four lines basically whenever. And if needed, they can double-shift Barzell, who can generate chances needed. So I'm going to give the forward's advantage to the Islanders.
1: I am going to give the forward advantage. I just think because of the amount of goal scores, I'm giving the advantage to Florida. But it is almost a a dead heat for this one.
0: That's fair, too. And, uh, you know, Florida's got that veteran presence down there on the fourth line, Brian Boyle, in his first season as a Florida Panther just anchoring down that fourth line.
1: And the Panthers got depth in there too. I, I think Eric Hall is a good piece. Yeah. You know, I know he struggled a little bit coming into Florida, but afterwards he was, you know, I think he can still be that top guy that we saw in Vegas for that first little bit.
0: Uh, the defensive groups too. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty even as well. The Islanders are bringing eleven defensemen into the into the training camp. You got Aho, Boychuk, Dobson, Green, Hickey, Hutton, Letty, Mayfield, Pellick, Pollock, and Taze.
1: That's a solid group. That's and solid coming back.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh man, it, it's tough. And Florida's uh, bringing Josh Brown, Aaron Eckblad, Brady Keeper, Mike Matheson, Chase Prisky, Mark Piscik. Riley Stillman, Anton Strawman, Mackenzie Wieger, and Keith Yandel.
1: It's okay, but it's not, you know, it's not the depth that the Islanders have. The Islanders yeah. are really full of depth.
0: And they, they go out and they acquire, uh, you know, a, a defenseman from New Jersey, Andy Green, who's got experience in the playoffs, albeit he hasn't been there in a while. But... Recently, but he's a shot blocking defenseman who is a great penalty killer and Johnny Boychuk has experience it's a good mix on the back end you know
1: yeah it's a it's a really good group that can get the job done i think and i'm giving the defensive advantage to the islanders
0: yeah i'd say this one's close not as close as the forwards it's close though. but i am giving the advantage also to the islanders uh goaltenders is this might be in your eyes, is this the furthest separation? It is. And coincidentally,
1: the guy that's getting $10 million a year to goaltend is not the better goalie of the two, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm in that boat, too. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky signed that massive deal down in Florida, and he hasn't really lived up to it this year. You know, I think he's been okay, but we're expecting more. Yeah, you're expecting him to step in and be a – 10 million dollar man and he's not a 10 million dollar man he hasn't been now that could listen a, a playoff run can completely change the way you're looked at and whether or not you're worth the money you're getting you know if but this he, was ha- a, he didn't show that
1: in the regular season if this was a six million dollar contract i think we'd be a lot easier on bobrowski
0: yeah there's also but, a drop off yeah. after Bobrovsky where if stuff gets hairy in uh, the Islanders with Varlamov, they can always throw Thomas Grice out there. But goaltenders for Florida in Phase 3 are Sergei Bobrovsky, Philip Desroyer, Chris Dreger and Sam uh, Mont- Montalbo.
1: They're just waiting for Spencer Knight is what they're waiting for.
0: Yeah, which is why that Bobrovsky contract was curious to me. Because the length of it and when you think Sam Knight's going to be ready to play – I'm guessing they're expecting just a smooth transition of good goalies when Knight is ready, you know? Yeah, but Knight's going to be 10 years older,
1: you know, when this Bobrovsky contract's done. And he's going to be ready sooner rather than later. And it's gonna, I'm going to give it two, three years, something like that?
0: Yeah, and Bobrovsky's still going to be heavily under contract and heavily paid
1: by Florida. The only way they can get out of this is if they do a, a buyout of some kind.
0: So on the defensive side, when it comes to starting goaltenders, a little bit of depth. I'm going to give the advantage to the Islanders. I'm
1: going to give the advantage to the Islanders too for goaltending, but I want to add a fourth category just for this series because I Go think you can make a good argument for both. Is coaching?
0: Yeah, because both I teams want to, have it in bounds.
1: Yes, Barry Trotz, Joel Flanville, both Stanley Cup champions.
0: One more into the, the promised other. land.
1: Yep. You know, I think. Two of the top, I think, five winningest goaltenders – or goaltenders – coaches in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this is probably the closest one of the four categories. But I'm going to
0: say I think Trotz is the better coach. I'm, I'm giving him that edge too. Quenville has been out of the league just a little bit. This is his first playoff experience coaching, what, since – since 16, 16 for a 2017 when he got
1: swept by Nashville.
0: Okay. So 2017. And that was the same year that, well, the next year Barry Trotz wins the Stanley cup, you know, in yeah. 18. So I, I it, it's a different, it, it's a different way to coach and experience is going to help him, especially if he's a little rusty in the coach playoff coaching game in in the first game. But Barry Trotz is going to jump all over whatever kind of uh, mistakes are made by the coaching staff or management there, just because with the depth of his group, he has that ability. And with the way he utilizes players, he has that ability. So I'm also going to give the advantage to Barry Trotz. So which, which, how do you see this series going?
1: I see the Islanders winning in five.
0: So you got Isles uh, – I got too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say uh, five, but I, I am picking the Islanders. But uh, I think there's going to be a, a very large gap between the two teams in the first game of that series, and it, that can have the same kind of effect that like it uh, just destroys Florida for the next game. I think the Islanders win games one and two, Florida wins three and the Islanders win game four. So I'm taking the Islanders in four. Now the last uh, matchup in the East is also another very close one. Uh, It's the New York Rangers at 11 and the uh, Carolina Carolina Hurricanes Hurricanes at six. six. So break it down by group forwards. Is there a question? I believe it's the New York Rangers. What do you think? I mean, you got a heart contender. As exactly. You got a 90 point getter. You got a 90 point
1: getter, and because of and Chad's number two. Yeah. On most teams, he's number one. On the Rangers, he's number two. Very good forward group. Young forward group too.
0: So Re- I'm reports, giving the to the reports at a training camp that Capokako has come back looking completely different, a little bit more confident.
1: That's what I like to hear if I'm a Ranger fan.
0: Which can only help in having this kind of experience under his belt that he's about to get is gonna be. You know, he, he can't measure it. And then also uh, Vitaly Krav, Kravstov mm-hmm. coming up to finally join the the, the roster. And it's just Artemi Panarin so damn good. He's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> like, But with that being said, Carolina does boast a solid uh, forward group. Sebastian Ajo is somebody you always have to watch. He's had a decent – he's had a pretty good year. Uh, Svechnikov, Suzuki, Jordan Stahl, getting older, but always has that I do like touch. Vinny Trocek, who they acquired from Florida, another good forward. And Justin Williams, even though he's getting old, he's that guy who, in the situation you need him to perform, he's going to perform. But I, I am giving the edge to, uh, to the New York Rangers. I am as well. On defense, it's a bit of a different story. Uh, the Rangers haven't been an amazing defensive team this year after acquiring Jacob Truba, Tony D'Angelo really coming into his own this year, but a little bit of a lacking on the uh, the defensive side. And Carolina's deep. Is I think it's the most deep defensive team in the league. Like they gotta pick six. They're they're coming with ten defensemen. They gotta pick six out of Jake Bean, Joel Edmondson, Hayden Flurry, Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner, Dougie Hamilton, Brady Shea, acquired from Rangers earlier this year, Jacob Slavin, Trevor Van Reemsdijk, and Sammy Votnin, who was acquired How are from going Jersey earlier It's tough. It's real tough. And this list still has Brett Pesci as injured. This is from the Carolina Hurricanes website. That's insane.
1: So I'm definitely giving the defensive edge to Carolina.
0: Yeah, I, the Rangers got a, a lot, a lot of young guys. And... They're gonna, it's if they could keep that core together, it's gonna be a great defensive core for the future. But money might be a problem at some point. Well, it's gonna be a problem at some point, and they're just too young right now. So, I'm definitely giving the edge to the Carolina Hurricanes. Goaltending, there's a gap, there is, I'd, I'd say a sizable one. Uh, every year it's is Peter Morazic the guy? It seems like it's the same question every single year for the Carolina Hurricanes. And I thought last year in that playoff run, he could have put some of that to bed. Uh, but he struggled once they got to the conference final. And Mrazek was benched in favor of Curtis McElhaney. Uh, James Reimers is backup. Anton Fordsberg is the three. And the goaltender, I can't pronounce his name, Eric.
1: Nedeljkovic.
0: Nedeljkovic is the four coming up from Charlotte. Now, the Rangers got... I'm going to say three passable three, – two really good goaltenders, but three passable goaltenders. Uh, Shesterkin is their best one, and he's going to start, I would imagine, the qualifying round. Alexander Georgiev is – I believe the goaltender is going to find himself being the odd man out after the season and having to be moved. And then Henrik Lundqvist, who's a legend in his own right, still a very passable goaltender in this league, although he hasn't been great, especially when he's considered the contract he's under.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Georgiev, though. Really interesting, because I know he's got value on the market. And I know Shesterkin's probably going to be their guy going forward.
0: In a perfect world, you'd want to keep Shesterkin and Georgiev. Exactly. But it's moving the just dump truck-sized contract that is Henrik Lundqvist.
1: That's going to be tough.
0: Yeah. But the edge, it's it's easy to give it to – The Rangers. The Rangers. Now, we talk coaching for a lot of these. I I like the coaching. I'm personally not a fan of uh, the Rangers head coach. Yeah, Quinn.
1: Yeah, I like Brenda Moore more.
0: I I like Brenda Moore a lot more than Quinn. Uh, David Quinn, he started off with Rocky Year this year. There was a lot of talk that they could possibly – you know, be moving on from David Quinn. A lot of Rangers fans wanted him out. Now that the tone has changed a little bit. And uh, granted their defensive unit was not great. They are going to see a change because Lindy Ruff has left the coaching staff. He was the coach of the, uh, the defense there. Now it's going to be uh, – is it Jeff – no, Jeff Gordon's the GM. Who's stepping in on defense? The guy they brought up from uh... – oh, man. From the Hartford Wolf Pack.
1: Oh, um. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name.
0: Neither can I. But it, I think it's granted.
1: it's for the D, I think. Yeah,
0: granted. Uh, Lindy Ruff and the defensive unit wasn't great. It wasn't. But it's still a change. Gre- Greg Brown. Greg Brown okay. is the guy.
1: I, I literally just Googled it to try and get anything.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a change late in the season. And
1: gonna be it, one that's going to be easily transferred to. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. So it, it could just throw a little bit of a wrench in the in a defensive unit that wasn't strong to begin with. But coaching-wise, I have to give the edge to uh, Carolina. So this I am but well. even though we give Edge is one way. You know, having such a strong forward group can or a defensive group can completely turn a series and it's it's a battle of strengths. The, the strengths of the defense of Carolina and the forwards of New York. Which way do you see this uh this series going?
1: I think the Rangers are gonna win this. I'm gonna say Rangers in
0: four. Okay. Uh, I'm personally I'm not a Ranger fan. Easy to say. So you got the Rangers in 4 Mm-hmm. I got the Rangers in three. Wow. I don't I don't think uh I don't think Carolina takes a game. I, I think awesome. I think shesterkin uh picks up two shutouts along the way too. I I just I don't see a way you can slow down our Panarin. Would I love to be wrong? Yeah. But I don't think, even with a defensive core that deep, it's going to come down to uh, Mraz is going to have to make a couple saves and I don't think he's going to be able to do it.
1: I was going to say, and that's assuming they're going with Mraz because we really don't know who they're going with right away. Yeah, and
0: if you throw James Reimer in there, it's, it's the same thing. Too it's easy. worse. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, next week we are going to do the Western Conference. Uh, same thing we did here today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Give us a listen. We're available wherever podcasts are listened to. And anticipation is growing because we are getting closer and we will get there soon. Uh, is next week our last episode before the restart officially starts? Um, we from might today, The 23rd? Might no, we might, have, might be able to fit one more there right before. Oh, we can do like the round robin. Yeah. Like that. Are so, we doing trivia or no? What? Are we doing trivia or no? If you got one, go. But if you don't, it's no big deal. Okay, because I don't. <laughs> okay. All right, so we'll see you next week for another episode of Touch Icing.